Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's the one is now. 2.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for spending some time with us, Coulter Nuanas, coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Ready for another jam-packed week. It's crazy how fast these weeks fly by, but now we're into the postseason for high school football. We had some uh, cross-country, state cross-country this last weekend. We got the national cross-country meet, excuse me, the Big Sky Conference cross-country meet featuring a couple of nationally rated teams coming up in Missoula this upcoming weekend as well. So uh, that time of year, postseason's all over the place. We'll have you covered all week long here uh, on Nuanas Now. If you missed anything in the first hour of the Montana Football Hour, talking about Montana State's 42-30 to win at Sac State on Saturday night, and also some thoughts from the Grizzlies coming out of their bye week and headed into a home game, their first home game since September uh, against Northern Colorado. All that on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Time now for the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornoweg back in studio with us. It's presented by Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. And, of course, the Monday afternoon quarterback is Montana's version of the NFL. Coach, what's up, man? How you doing? I missed you. I know it. I'm so excited to be back in Missoula, Montana with Coulter on the big time show. Let's light it up today. First of all, how's your travels been? Oh, it's been been great. You've been the traveling man. This is a lot of miles in October for you guys. Oh, man. North Dakota State, uh, uh, California, on and on and on. And we just got back from New York. And I like New York as a place for me, totally. where I like to get in, get up, and get out. Otherwise, you have too many stories to tell. But I got to see my daughter and then my son, Coach, and it was a a, a good five days. And I still have two or three really good stories. And um, they, they, you know, one was getting to the airplane on Monday. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, it was a mess, a 90-minute delay, <laughs> because my wife, Lindsay, wanted to do one of these walkabouts, you know, <laughs> and do the subway and the train, and then, oh, it was really, really fortunate. We left way, way early, <laughs> so we barely made the plane, but... But and then and then and then breaking up a little fight, you know, underneath the stands at the oh, ball geez. game. Oh yeah, nobody want, You don't want anybody to have to be arrested at one of those things. So I felt proud of myself on that one. <laughs> little little uh, nose to nose and a little headbutt, and I went. You know what? Somebody's going to get arrested if somebody doesn't step in. <laughs> well, I love it. We're, we're glad to have you back. Um, What's your favorite part about New York City? I've never been to New York City. Oh, what? I, I know. I need to go, right? Everybody says you got to go there at least once in your life. They say that you should live there for a year out of your life. I think that ship sailed for me. But either way, i got to get there sometime. Like I said, I like to get in, get up, get out. I, it, it's a fantastic place. Uh, there's a lot of things to do. Uh, I really enjoy the busyness of it yeah. for about three days. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? And then and then and then get out. So uh, it's it's sort of dirty in some places. Sure. I love Manhattan in that area. G wonderful food, great food. I always come back a couple pounds heavier. <laughs> uh, anything new at the thirty third team? Coach Marty contributes on the thirty third team too, which is a great website. All things NFL. A whole bunch of former players and coaches that are contributing. Anything new uh, cooking up there the last well, couple weeks? Well, I am going to speak to um, Wednesday. I believe I'm going to speak Wednesday on why the NFL scoring is, is so yep. far down. Oh, man. And I, I know you've, you mentioned it yep. a couple of weeks ago, and there's some there's some things to that we can get into uh, as we go. But, but yeah, so I... I, I hang in there. Uh, I do like one thing a week, typically. Sometimes they keep it private, these Wednesday-type sure. sessions. Sometimes they put it out there. Sometimes they keep it private. The Let's start with – we're going to come back to some college stuff in a minute, but I want to talk about this just for a minute because you, you've seen the NFL. I mean, the last, the last three weeks, I think, the under – the totals for the game, the unders hit like 75% of the time. I think we're about two-thirds of the game so far this year have been under what the projected point totals were. You're seeing games in the teens all over the place. When I watch the game, right now, the pendulum is swung to the side of the defense. Why is it? What are the factors that go into that? There's a host of factors now. And the, and the first one, is it cyclic? Because sure. those yeah. things do happen. I don't think it is. I don't think it is in this case. It, interesting. Uh, right? Be, uh, uh, so... Young, inexperienced quarterbacks. There's just so many of them playing. Some because they selected to play. Right. I mean, a couple of those guys are already heard. You right. know, Richardson and sure. and Indy and and then and Bryce then Young and Carolina. And then and then you're missing a lot of great quarterbacks who yep. have retired really recently. Young, inexperienced offensive coordinators yes. as well. Also, the defense, it looks like, over the course of a handful of years, has really adjusted to the new things, the more popular things, right. the RPOs, the read-ups, all of those things. It seems like the defense now has a little bit of the upper hand, and the offenses have not adjusted. They haven't stayed one step ahead. So all of those things come up. And then analytics as well. For sure. Right? Analytics has, has played a part in this, I believe. I, 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 I can't prove it yet, 
but I'll dive into it because analytics made us all just a little bit more aggressive. Yes. Well, so many of them that I've seen have just completely backfired. Right. These fourth and three, and you're giving up three points every time you do it. Now, now if you're down in deep, okay, the thought is, okay, even if you don't make it, you haven't pinned back there. Sure. They punt it. You're going to score on the next drive. But that doesn't seem to be happening like it did uh, 10 years ago where much of the analytics material is pulled out of. The other thing I was thinking about was there was this group of quarterbacks that came in the, into the NFL in the late 90s into the mid-2000s. Guys like Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and guys that, that were viable, legitimate superstar quarterbacks for 15 to 20 years. And I think it kind of warped our minds on how long guys can play. and Because there was this whole generation, Drew Brees is in that group as well, yep. that played at an elite level into their late 30s. Yeah. Now we're seeing some of these guys that are supposed to be on the, the front end of old, that are in their early to mid 30s. They're not as good as those guys were. And I wonder if that skews our mind because there's like this whole, there's also this whole missing generation, right? Like Andrew Luck is supposed to be one of those guys. He's mm -hmm. gone. And you're right. It's like, it's young guys that aren't ready yet. And guys that are a little older that aren't even close to as good as they're supposed to be. Like Russell Wilson is a great example, getting paid so much money. And he's just not performing at the level. They won yesterday, but not performing at that level. I don't know. I just find it interesting. What if we got spoiled by those Peyton Mannings and Tom Brady's that played at such a high level so long? Well, you make a great point how important quarterback is to winning games and scoring points, right? So, yeah, I agree with you to an extent. I think we have some great quarterback possibilities but sure. that's all they are now you know my man in buffalo he's up and down man. and up and down what a talented guy we've got a lot of talented quarterbacks oh no Lamar question. played fantastic this last week the week before against pittsburgh not very good yeah, right. right so he's still up and down a little bit but uh, you, you know, I'm biased towards these guys uh, that I've coached. I still think he's a great quarterback, and uh, uh, what a dynamic player. We'll come back to uh, this exact conversation in just a minute. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mortawake, in studio with us here on ESPN Radio. A couple college things, though, for you. Your younger son, Bobby Cade, is coaching over there at North Coast State. Fascinating. North Coast State hasn't lost back-to-back -back games in 15 years. I think 2009 was the last time they lost back-to-back -back games. They only lost 17 games the entire 2010s. So back-to-back -back losses is not something that they're used to. Their fans are freaking out. But, I mean, I still think North Dakota State's going to be there at the end. I mean, when, they're in the, when the playoffs roll around, they're still going to figure out a way to make a run. Well, I would think so, think and so? I, I'm hoping so because my son's a coach there. Uh, I will tell you, Bobby Cade, my son, uh, after they lost the game, it was a week ago, yeah. you know, it was back-to-back, -back, and he, he said the offensive coordinator there told a story about the last time he remembered starting 4-2. and two. Sure. Now, some teams would love to be 4-2. <laughs> right. North Dakota State, it's like big red flag, and, and I believe it was the Wentz year where they were they were four and two. They lost a couple. They, they lost, lost to Montana their, though. The, their first their loss first was to Montana. Game. Yeah, yeah, at at Montana. And uh, I remember watching that film. By the way, when I was uh, evaluating Wentz coming sure. out the Montana game, he fumbled a couple times. He did that game. But uh, and and so they lost their starting quarter and ended up winning the national championship. So that's sort of their 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 mentality. And like I told Bobby Cade, even the greatest teams, almost all. The greatest teams go through 
some heck of some adversity. Yeah. And so sometimes something like that may spur a little something. The team will either go one way or the other, kind of like the Grizz sure. when they when they lost at NAU, right? That team was going to go one way or another, and they they felt like their backs were against the wall, and they came out swinging and held on. Now, you know, talking about the Grizz, I, I thought that was a fantastic game they played. I would look at their end-of-the-game scenario, sure. though, because that's three times that I've seen them basically uh, run, run, try to pass, or run, 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 and then pump the ball back and rely on their defense. Now, it's worked. It's it has worked, worked three times that I've seen. Uh but you want to ice the game there. You, 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 you know, not only do you want to keep the clock rolling, yeah. right? No fumbles, no penalties, all those things. But you must gain a first down or two to be able to ice the game. And that's that's kind of where uh, the only thing I saw in that game where they failed. Three wins in a row now for the Grizzlies after they lost 28-14 at Northern Arizona. They beat Idaho State 28-20. That win looks a lot better now that Idaho State's also sitting at 3-1 and one in league play. Uh, then back-to-back road wins over ranked road teams at UC Davis. And then two weeks ago, 23-21 at Idaho in the Kibbe Dome. Uh, but that's that's the part about this team that I've been so intrigued by, Coach, is last year when things didn't go their way and they got beat at home by Idaho, it snowballed into a three-game losing streak and you go from number two in the country to what the heck's going on? Our season is in a state of disarray. How do we figure out how to get this thing back on track? This year, they lose... It was an embarrassing fashion. They didn't play well on special teams, which has really never happened under Coach Houck except for that game. They looked listless on both sides of the ball. Their offense looked completely stuck in the mud. Their defense looked like their heads were spinning. It's crazy how big of a corner that they've turned. I mean, they literally went from a team that you're thinking, is this team even going to make the playoffs? To now, this week they're the number seven team in the country. They're number five in the coaches' poll, and they got everything out in front of them. I mean, where have you seen them turn the corner the most? Offensively, yeah, for sure. They they now have their quarterback. That's a difficult thing when you're not sure yes. who your starting quarterback is. Now, look, I've done it. A lot of people play two quarterbacks, sure. but you have to have the leader, the starter. That position is vaulted into the leadership role. And so when you don't know who your quarterback is, neither one of them grab the bull by the horns and say, let's go, right? You, that does happen when, when you don't have. Now they have a quarterback who is producing yep. at a pretty high level. He's a skilled young man. He throws the ball well enough. He's a fast young man. He's a big guy, so and he's producing pretty well. I thought it was a fantastic game there, down there uh, in Idaho. Now, this ball game coming up, Coulter, I mean, there is no chance that Northern Colorado comes in here and wins the game with one exception. They're the only exception is if Montana turns the ball over like five times That's right. or something like this. And they've played a couple close games. For sure. Right? But but the only way Montana loses it is if they lose a turnover ratio, the turnover battle by a whole bunch. It's been really uh, something to watch, though. I mean, it's been the, the, the Grizz offensive coaching staff deserves a ton of credit because they were going back and forth and they were trying to do all these things and their offense was so muddled and they were trying to run this offense that catered to Sam Bidlack's skills also with Clifton McDowell. They weren't putting him in a position to succeed. They've completely revamped this whole thing. From everything from their offensive line scheme, playing with wider splits and getting these guys out in space to just letting the big quarterback run around and make plays, it's not that complicated what they're doing. Like when they no. pass the ball, 
It's just, hey, we're going to roll out to the right with the shield. Where's Junior Bergen? Where's Aaron Potts throwing the ball? But, I mean, that's what you got to do when you have the, the level of athleticism they have on the the offensive side of the ball. Well, they're getting Fonts and Bergen the ball a little that, bit. You know, right. I mean, I, I've, uh, we've talked about this before. As an offensive coordinator, I always thought it was my my duty to the fellas, to the team, to get the football. Use all eligible runners and receivers, yeah. all right, to keep your opponent off balance. But get the football to your very best players time after time after time. Now, this this McDowell, I, I've been impressed with him. Uh, he's undefeated as a starter at the University of Montana. Yes. And there's a handful of games there. And as a quarterback, you are evaluated. When you're all said and done, on how many times you got your team into the end zone, back to back to back, how many times you led your team to win? How many championships did you win? It's not the passing. Those are all good and kind of cool to talk about uh, and break records and all but ultimately, you're evaluated on how many wins you got, how many championships you won. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mordeweg in studio with us. We'll talk some NFL here, but last college question for you. Did you watch the, the Cat Sack State game on Saturday night at all? Were you guys just too busy in the Big Apple? No, I watched it. Are you kidding me? So I wanted to ask you the way that they're using their two quarterbacks. It's fascinating because each one has sort of gotten their turn in the spotlight because the other guy has been out. They've actually only had about four or five games when both guys are available. That One of yeah. them was Saturday night, though. And it is interesting because you can sort of see how both of them have a hard time finding rhythm when they're both available. But on the flip side, it makes the defense's head spin because yeah. they can do so many things. And then all of a sudden you have these breakthroughs where, boom, Sean Chambers, number 10, throws the bullet to, for the touchdown. Then Malat's back in. He's pounding you with the quarterback run game. It, it's just uh, it's pretty interesting and pretty fascinating how hard it makes them to defend. Yeah, those two quarterbacks remind me, and they play them a little bit differently. They they play Chambers, and now they were forced to play him as stardom yeah. for many games because Malat's been hurt. Yeah, he's just he's a skilled guy. The North Dakota State has two really good quarterbacks, right. sort of in that same style. They're all different even if they're in the same sort of mold. But uh, the one thing that Montana State does that some other teams, I think North Dakota State does a great job of this, but they don't play to the quarterback strengths. Like, if you've got this guy uh, uh, that's a drop-back guy that can move and groove in the pocket, uh, play to his strengths, right? Run the football, play action battle, all those things. And then you've got the next guy that yeah. you're going to play. Why are you going to play him? Because he's one of the best players on the team, right? And he's a move and groove guy and get him outside the pocket. And all. Play to the young man's strengths. And I think Montana State does an exceptional job of that. And uh, I, they're probably saving this because of injuries, uh, playing both at the same time because they've done that. Many times in the past, and that alone uh, is a is an offensive weapon. The Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Barty, presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has more than forty locations throughout the state of Montana. They are in Montana and only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. One thing I wanted to ask you about schematically that we've been seeing a lot. There's this new motion that teams are running. It's, it's not new to bring a receiver or a running back across the formation, but it is sort of new to bring them back into the backfield and then bring them out. Have you seen this a little bit? The Dolphins are doing it a ton. And when the running back starts to go in motion out to the flat, he can then keep running, and he never has to stop. It looks like Canadian football. It just seems like such a huge advantage to me to have a skill guy being running run at the line of scrimmage without having to stop. 
Coulter, that's been done since <laughs> I've been alive. I guess I've just missed I, it. Yeah. Yeah, but, but only uh, specific teams would, would do this. Yeah. We've always done. Now, what do, what do motions do? Uh, you want to gain a half a man advantage, right? So, so all back in the day, all the motions there was a difference between motions and moves. Sure. Moves you get reset, right? Right, and you can move a, a lot of. And maybe you're trying to dictate uh, coverage or front when you do that, or maybe you have two plays, and depending on which way they roll or which way they kick the front, you may go to your second play. Okay, but gaining a half a man advantage, making the defense communicate quickly yeah. and, and adjust quickly. So all of our motions back in the day were always fast. We're going 90%. Boom, snapping the ball. Two yards outside the tackle. One yard inside the near receiver. You know, all different types of uh, types of motions. So you would make the your opponent communicate fast and adjust fast, which in many cases, one man may get it. And two men may not. And then you have an advantage there. So that's that's all that they're doing. And they're putting the defense on their heels uh, communication-wise and adjustment-wise. The other one I wanted to ask you about is the one that's getting all the love in the national media. It happened again last night. Some people call it the brotherly shove. Some people call it the tush-push. It's what the Eagles do when it's fourth and short. They're going for it pretty much all the time. If it's in midfield or the, or the, uh, the opponent's territory, there's so much debate on the why this is successful. I know I have my theories. I think it's because of two different factors, but I'll let you go first. Why is this so successful, and what do you just think of this, this play? Is All it is is an old-school quarterback sneak yep. with two men, typically, and maybe a third one even in, behind the quarterback, yep. but once the ball snapped, it's quarterback sneak, and then they the quarterback wants to stay a little bit more upright, mm-hmm. and then they get a little nice little push, feet, 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 when no, none of their feet are stopping. But here's why, here's why, and now look, I'm on the 33rd team you know, involved in that with some old-school guys. And a couple of those guys wanted outlawed. Yes, right. And I'm going, why? It's a quarterback sneak with a little push. Here's the history to it. A few years back, they just, they they sort of, they never changed the rule, but you couldn't pull a guy, like, into the end zone. Right, or help right, a, a right. push a guy into the end zone. So then they kind of did away with that rule. They said, we're not calling any pushes or pulls because they weren't calling them anyway. And so here comes the push-push, right? And the center, yes, is that, that's very, the, very important. That's the number one factor. Yeah, they and have then, they have the toughest center in football. I don't know if he's the best center still because he's a little bit older now. But Jason Kelsey is the toughest center in football, and he understands leverage and yes. angles. And then, and then both guards, are, of course, are important. Their line is one of I would probably say the best in the National Football League, yep. at least physically. Uh, and and then their quarterback. Now I coach the young man. Yes, Jaylen this Hurts. man's a lower body. Oh man, I mean, is, I, is like a power lifter type I, of I guy. Mean, I was reading the other day. They say he squats more than six hundred pounds. He's got like the second biggest squat on the team besides Lane Johnson, who's one of the ten strongest guys in the whole NFL. Yeah, and and so this young man uh, is is not only tough. But he's very, very strong, especially in yeah. his lower body. So all of those things, they've kind of perfected this thing. And like some of the old dudes on the 33rd team, oh, it looks ugly. It should be outlawed. It's not foot. And I'm going, 
That's a beautiful thing to oh, me for when sure. you're really good at it. I'm surprised the old school guys don't like it because, I mean, this is like old school football in its essence. Line up and knock oh, them off the ball. No, I know. And, and, and so I, uh, I'm now I think most of the people that want it outlawed are concerned about health sure. and safety. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not sure, except for the quarterback, you know, you get a rib shot or sure. something hitting your hand or something. I'm not sure I've seen anybody actually become injured from a quarterback right, sneak. Right. You know, because it's close contact. Yes. Right. Uh, you know, so uh, anyway, I, I may be proven wrong there because I'm sure. I know this, the NFL is adding up all those stats. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the two factors I was going to say is you got a Hall of Fame center who's plowing the way, and then Jalen Hurts' lower body strength, but it's also the patience because you watch him. He's not just diving right away. He'll just he'll wait for half a second or three quarters of a second and see where the vulnerability is. Boom, and they get pushed right there. Yeah. So I've always taught the quarterback sneak with a four to six inch. You punch, push, pull to 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 receive the football from under center, and then you punch step four to six inch punch step, and then you hit it. And it's what that does is it gives you just a little bit of air from your offensive lineman. So cool having a guy that coached for 26 years in the NFL to break this stuff down with us. Co- coach Marty Mornowick in studio with us. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. It's presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. This means your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors. We'll talk more about the Eagles and their statement win last night, plus go around what was, by and large, an ugly Sunday in the NFL, and that's why the NFL is so great. So much parody throughout the league. We'll talk about it right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. The Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. It's Montana's brand of NFL presented by Stackman Bank. Montana's brand of banking. All things NFL coming at you here for the second half an hour of hour number two here uh, on Nuanas Now. Um, first of all, let's talk about last night's game. Really hyped uh, a matchup between two 5-1 and one teams and the Eagles decisive uh, in their victory. They looked really good. The Eagles, um, even though they got off to a good start, there's a lot of rumblings that, oh, this team's not as good as they were a year ago, yada, 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 and uh, I thought last night they looked every bit like one of the best teams 
in the NFL, and they really took it to Miami. Yeah, they're loaded. I, they've got talent, and they've got depth. They've got a quarterback that can lead men. I mean, that's crystal clear. It's crystal Plus, clear. he's tough. I saw him limp. You know, I, uh, my wife and I were watching. I saw him, I saw him get his leg uh, hurt a little bit. He's limping. I'm going, second play, I'm going, Lindsey, still limping. He handed the ball off. Then all of a sudden, he comes out with a, with a brace on. This guy is built to play quarterback in the National Football League, Jalen Hurts. The other thing that I thought was interesting is, and we see this a lot in the NFL, Shane Steichen, who was the offensive coordinator in Philly, and was great. Then he gets a head coaching job in Indianapolis, and he's doing a good job there. They're, they're way more competitive than I think people thought they were going to be with a rookie quarterback. But Brian Johnson, who's been the, the quarterback's coach there for a couple of years, he gets elevated to OC. Sometimes I think even if you're familiar with it, it takes – a little while. I thought my brother made a great point last week. He said, because we were talking about the whole systems quarterback that we talked about last week, he said Jalen Hurts isn't a systems quarterback. He's a coach's quarterback. And you've talked about that a lot, where he needs a guy that he has a, a, a trust with, and it seems like they have a lot of trust. So, I mean, that's where Jalen Hurts sets himself apart, right? It's just his his stability in operating the team. I, I think you make a good point. I think it's a, a, a really good spot for Jalen Hurts. I, th- I think, I, and I know this, that uh, you don't have to like each other, but you have to have respect for yes, each other. Right. You know, trust. when you're coaching, yeah. yeah, and trust goes a long way. Communication and trust, right? However, I know this. F- real football players, they can play for any style right. of coach. They can play in any scheme, and they will excel. Now, most of those guys would excel even more in the right system for them and if they're using them the correct way. And I think the Eagles are doing a fantastic job with Jalen Hurts there. Uh, after the game, Mike McDaniel, he's definitely got himself in some trouble last night. He was tweeting at the NFL and at Roger Goodell videos of all the places he thought that the Dolphins got hosed on calls. That in itself is like a lot of the videos I thought had legitimacy to them. But it also just seems like you're just – you're crying over spilled milk at this point, right? I mean, I don't know what I thought of all that. But to me, I know the Dolphins got a lot of hype right now. I think they're the easiest upstart team for the common fan to understand. It's easy for the common watcher to see, oh, Tyreek Hill's the fastest guy in the league, and they throw him the ball all the time, and this is an offensive-oriented team. To me, I think that they're much improved, but they still have a long ways to go to me to be a, a true you know, AFC contender. Long way to go. Here's Mike McDaniel's done a fantastic job. He's done a great job. job, for sure. But most of the great head coaches in the National Football League, they button that up. That's right. I mean, you, you can't That's be right. out there whining and crying no, like can't. a little baby. You can't do that because why? You're the leader of that football team. All of a sudden, you, you got a bunch of crybabies <laughs> playing for you. Right. If you're leading like that, don't do that. Right? And, and look, at once, okay, okay, all right. Twice? Now, don't do it again. Right? You can get away with pretty much anything once. It's like a quarterback dropping down or a receiver flinching. Right? I've had several conversations of some great players, Hall of Fame player. All right, once, no problem. Because sometimes things look a little different than they really are, even on film. You know, they say, the film never lies. Yeah, sometimes it does. You know, okay, and I would tell them, I said, once, no problem. If it happens again, they're going to start putting film on, back-to-back on you. Same with head coaches and the way they react to some poor calls. Yesterday, too, the morning slate was... Well, it's hilarious. If you were looking for a quarterback that you'd heard of, you'd probably have to be a big-time NFL junkie to to get down the list of all these guys that were playing. 
And the Bears were rolling with Tyson Badgett, who's making his first start ever. A D2 guy <laughs> who is the Harlan Hill Trophy winner once upon a time. Uh, you know, they're going against the Raiders, who are also rolling with a backup. You had Browns and Colts. It, both Anthony Richardson for the Colts and Deshaun Watson for the Browns were out. Tyrod Taylor, don't look now, but the, the, the career backup, he actually leads the Giants to a win over the Commanders. How about Washington just not being able to, to get anything done? And, uh, you know, you saw Jonathan Allen's postgame yesterday. If you saw that, it kind of went viral on Twitter. He's not happy, and I, I think you, you got legitimate beef there if you're the Redskins' defense, or I guess the Commanders' defense, because they got a lot of talent. So, I don't know, I thought, I thought it was fascinating just how many backup quarterbacks there were yesterday playing and how they were seemingly in the morning slot all playing against each other. This is amazing because all the rule, I shouldn't say all, but many of the rule changes have been to keep these franchise quarterbacks healthy. So, So one thing that I'm thinking of, there's too many young, inexperienced dudes, Richardson for one, you know, all these guys, uh, and they can't keep themselves healthy. Peyton Manning would get the ball out, yeah, right? Right. Uh, uh, Lamar has been hurt the last two years, at least down the stretch in the playoffs. Can he keep himself healthy because of experience, right? So I, I think that's part of it, that they, they've got to keep themselves healthy. What do I mean by that, right? Throw the ball hot. Get the ball out right. when you're supposed to, right? And, and instead of thinking that you're Superman and trying to backdoor something you shouldn't or up and out when you shouldn't, and, and they're getting hit too many times. and Or is it just cyclic? We right. talked about that before because there are some times where that does happen. Seems like th- there was a moment in time in the NFL where I'm, I'm not saying everybody had an elite quarterback, there's 10 or 12 teams you could tune into, though, and you knew you were going to get consistent, pretty good to really good quarterback play. Yeah, I'd say 8 to 12. Eight, yep, yeah. Yep, now yep. it's like Patrick Mahomes is the only surefire guy who's not going to be all over the place. Lamar Jackson, one of the best players in the NFL. Yeah. But he also can be so bad one week and then go completely nuts like he did. I mean, yesterday he was... He looked like the MVP. He looked like yeah. the best player in the league. Yeah, but against Pittsburgh the week before, <laughs> uh, they didn't score many points. I mean, they only scored 10 points. Yeah. He had three fourth-quarter turnovers. It's amazing the volatility of it all. And, you know, Josh Allen's the same way. Sometimes you're like, is this guy John Elway? And then sometimes you're like, what's going on with this guy? It's really crazy how inconsistent even some of the most talented guys are. We talked about Josh Allen. I thought there was a time where he's sort of over that hump. He had proved that he can play at a really, really high level. And now the challenges do it consistently. I thought he was over the hump. But, man, is he up and down like I've never seen. Uh, and a quarter that's on a good team. Yeah. Right, you can be, you're going to be up and down if you're on a bad team. Sure, it's not going to look good right. sometimes. So, but he's on a pretty good team, and he's he's too up and down right now. How much of this? I I, I mean to ask you this. Mobile quarterbacks are so in vogue now. Pretty much everybody's guys can run. There's very few just statuesque type guys. Right, but you wonder if the processing of it all. And, and some of the intricate play-calling stuff kind of goes out the window. Because like when I watch Baltimore, when I watch Buffalo, it seems like a lot of times they give those guys a lot of leeway. Hey, run around and make a play. Yeah, it, it is a little different now. But, however, here, here's my philosophy on that. This young man that you get maybe as a rookie, you draft him. Yeah. Maybe even high. He needs to be... He doesn't have to be the best, but he's got to be functional in the pocket. Right. By the time his third, fourth year rolls around, 
Otherwise, he's not going to be in the league right. because of health reasons. Right. Or, 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 and because you're going to have too many third and seven pluses. I mean, that, that, that's always with a rookie quarterback. That was always my, my thought. Well, these guys aren't. And they're still running around. They haven't been trained in the pocket, right? And you've got to kind of take your licks, uh, uh, you know, as the young man's progressing right. to get him that training. And then, like Lamar Jackson's a great example. I think that's why they made a change there uh, because now they finally figured out we've got to be able to throw the ball with precision. And typically, at least in the NFL, you have to throw the ball football with precision to go all the way. Now, you can win. Anybody can beat anybody, right, right. on a singular day. That's right. But to go the whole way, yeah. you typically need a heck of a quarterback that can throw the ball with precision. And I just wonder, I mean, guys like Brady and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees, they got better as their careers got longer because they had more pictures in their head. Right. They could process more things. But they also realized very early on, hey, we're not outrunning anybody. Like Peyton right. Manning wasn't outrunning anybody. He's like, okay, I just got to get the ball off. We got to get the ball out in two seconds, and that's it. I just wonder if these guys are actually a victim of their own athleticism sometimes. Uh, well, yeah, it could be. Now, now Aikman's another one of those guys. Totally. He was a, a, a terrific athlete, but he he would he would only use it for the most part within the pocket. Yeah. I mean, this guy this guy was a hell of a player. Here's the here's the deal with with mobile quarterbacks, right? Play the quarterback position first, period. That and now what does that mean? Go through your read and your progression. Yeah. Right? And move when you're forced to move. And then when you move, okay, let's turn it loose. Within that, you must be disciplined. And so it's got to be emphasized, it's got to be drilled, it's got to be practiced. You have to use some of the team practice plays and seven-on-seven practice plays for that movement ability. And I suspect that many teams do not do that. And that quarterback, uh, this is a long conversation, but he must be disciplined when on the move. It's it's just fascinating because there's never been more great athletes playing quarterback in the NFL, but I think that's why you see so much volatility all over the place. No one is now ESPN Radio. It's Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mornawake, in studio with us. We talked about the Bills and just sort of being up and down. That's all sort of part of the same conversation. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. I mean, yesterday, here's your stat of the day from yesterday. They've only been keeping this stat since 2008, so it's only a 15-year sample size. But in terms of yardage while under duress, Lamar Jackson threw for 286 yards while under duress, which is the most ever since they you know invented this stat. That shows you just how good he can be and why they keep... Uh, sticking with him. Uh, the last thing I want to ask you about here, Coach, before we talk some Monday Night Football, is just about the AFC North. Oh, is this the is this the best division in football right well, now? Well, in, in many years it is. Now, uh, you know, I was in that division for sure. For for, for, for uh, you've got Pittsburgh and Baltimore and Cleveland. Cleveland is better than people thought. They're they've way got better. a good defense, Great right? Defense. Right, and then since he's at the bottom <laughs> at three and three. With a franchise-type quarterback, all of them. Uh, in fact, Pittsburgh, I, uh, that's another thing I got to do in New York. Mike Tomlin and I had a little conversation in New York at the Columbia game, sitting in the stands. Because well, his boy plays in Columbia the, too, right? And Mason Tomlin yeah, is awesome. a cover man for, <laughs> for the Columbia Lions. So, so we had a nice little conversation there. And, and now that I know him a little bit, I'm rooting for him. But that was a huge win uh, against Baltimore. Uh, for them now, they're four and two, I believe. Uh, and so, what a great division that is! And it's usually just a tough 
physical. That is a physical, physical division. Now, Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cincy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I think that it's so interesting because all of the NFL cities have their own little allure. But there's certain cities where, you know, like L.A., for example. There's all sorts of people in L.A. that love football. There's also millions and millions of people that don't care about football at all because there's 20 million people that live there. Yeah, same in San Francisco. I was there for a period of time. The the thing that's so alluring about the AFC North is it's all these old-school, working-class, rust-belt towns. So these people just live and die for this. So when all these teams are good and this division's really going to be the war that it is, it just makes for such rich storylines because these people... These fan bases hate each other. Like, this oh, is yeah. awesome. <laughs> no, the fans think they're part of the team. <laughs> no question. Period. <laughs> For and sure. so, I mean, that is their weekend right there. For sure. And, and Especially Pittsburgh and Cleveland, yeah, right? Yeah, now, Philly's a little different. Totally. Philly, they think they're part of the team, but they think they want to win more than the players or coaches, <laughs> right? And then, and then they try to pull their favorite best players down, and then when they're done, they want to build a statue of them. It's kind of <laughs> odd, but I learned to love those type of fans because why? Passionate. You got to love it. I mean, the, the divisions that have this going, the AFC North and, of course, the NFC East, there's just so much passion in both of those divisions. And there's passion across the NFL, don't get me wrong. But I just, I love when you get competitive. I mean, they call it the black and blue division for a reason. If they're all good, it's going to be wild. I mean, I really think that all four teams in the AFC North have a chance uh, to make the playoffs. Before we talk some Monday Night Football, one last thing. The Packers, they early, they had some stuff that was going that was uh, maybe a little surprise. People didn't have any packages. Now there's defenses out there to to guard against what they're doing, and uh, they just they have not looked good, man. What do you thought of the Packers? Nah, so they don't, and I agree with you. However, however, as that team gets better and that quarterback gets experience, love I'm talking about, if you flash back to Aaron Rodgers, all right, he sat behind Brett Favre, much like Love yeah. did for Rodgers, and his rookie year, his numbers were okay, but their wins were far and few between. It was not a good year for the Green Bay Packers. And then in the second year uh, that Aaron started, he took off as well as the team got a little bit better, and they they took off. So I would expect Love and the Green Bay Packers next year uh, to possibly make a pretty good run. Tonight, the San Francisco 49ers are in Minnesota against the Vikings. Home dogs? All five of them so far this weekend have not only covered, but they've won. We'll break down the spread and give you a little Monday Night Football preview right after this. Keep it right here. No one is now. ESPN Radio. One, two, three. No is now on ESPN Radio. Welcome back. No one is now ESPN Radio. Update for you. Right now, the Diamondbacks up 5-1. Uh, over the Philadelphia Phillies, that's in the eighth inning. They're trying to force Game 7, Arizona is, and uh, Game 7 will be in Philly. That'll be pretty crazy. Right after this show, we're going to roll right into the American League Championship Series, uh, Houston and uh, the Rangers, the Astros-Rangers. That one is a Game 7, uh, so a spot in the World Series uh, on the line. It's Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornaway in studio. It's presented by Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Monday afternoon quarterback is Montana's brand of NFL. Yesterday... Home dogs went 5-0, and and I don't mean just to cover, to win as well. The Vikings, a home dog tonight, plus 6.5 on the Vikings side, minus 6.5 on the San Francisco side. Uh, Coach, this is a fascinating game because the Niners have been really good, but as we said, 
They can't lose their superstars, and they've had a couple of those guys get hurt. And that's been the, their kryptonite uh, during this last couple years. The Vikings, nobody really knows where they're at right now because are they are they trying to go for a draft pick? Are they trying to surge the other way? I don't really know. It, they've been frustrating to watch, to say the least, but it's in Minnesota. I know that's a really fascinating game and a really interesting spread. It's Monday night. The Minnesota Vikings are playing to win the game, period. For sure. I mean, this is uh, you don't get many opportunities as a player to play on Sunday night or Monday night or Thursday night. This is one of those great opportunities. Other than playing in New York, the epicenter of the world, right? Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night. These are big games for those players. And also, the World Series. I call it the World Series because <laughs> it's serious stuff. Go Phillies. Go Astros. The series starts Friday. Can't wait. Uh, tonight's uh, a lot of good sports on right now, which is uh, always really fun. But I, I do think that it's going to be interesting to see how San Francisco transitions because Brock Purdy had never lost a game in the NFL. Yeah. And then they sort of got the code cracked on him, and they lose. And so we'll see if that's replicated by the Vikings' defense. Never lost a game that he started and finished. Started to finish, that's right. Yeah, because he got hurt in a playoff game. And what a recovery he's made. My my common sense says Niners. However, it's Monday night in Minneapolis. I'm I'm telling you, the Vikings are going to be out of their mind. and And the Niners has faltered. Mostly due to injury. That's another loaded team, by the way. Absolutely. The Niners are loaded. If they can stay reasonably healthy at the right spots, they're going to make another big-time run. But tonight, I might take that six and a half Man, the I know. Vikings. I know. Man alive. And the Vikings haven't lost by more than that, I don't think. That's right. It's been one-score games forever. Yeah. I mean, for two seasons. That's yeah. been the story of their season for two years in a row. He's Marty Bordeweg. He joins us every Monday during the second hour of the show. To break down all things Grizz, Bobcats, and NFL Monday afternoon. Quarterback presented by Stockman Bank. We'll see you tomorrow. New is down. Bunch of prep stuff for you. See you then, 4 p.m. ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.